Hello and welcome to Differential Discussions. I'm Melissa. And I'm Dave. And today we have some guests with us. Yeah, these are uh, really close friends of mine. Um, I, I don't want to date either of you guys, but we graduated together. <laughs> Class of 2013. Yeah, buddy. Um, but yeah, what? Uh, uh, my friend Ryan Kennedy and Victoria. Um, Ryan, would you like to start introducing yourself? Yeah. Sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Kennedy, like David mentioned. Uh, we both went to school at UMass Dartmouth and studied medical laboratory science together. Uh, Dave is a lot older than me, though. Um, <laughs> just side note, just because we graduated together <laughs> doesn't mean I'm that old. But uh, so after, do you want me to just give like a little bit of background history? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it'll be helpful. Yeah, so I grew up in Massachusetts, went to Dartmouth, and then after Dartmouth, I went into, obviously, medical laboratory science, um, but then I eventually moved into traveling, medical laboratory science, and then into, like, uh, management roles within the laboratory disciplines, and then moved into uh, Sysmex, uh, because Victoria actually was working there, and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, she suggested that I apply there because I happen to be living in Chicago and their uh, main headquarters is out of Lincolnshire, which is a northwest suburb outside of Chicago. So uh, do you want me to keep going? I think that's that's good. We'll probably <laughs> okay. dig deeper in certain areas, but that's like okay. a good segue. Cool. Yeah. For Miss, for Miss, uh, Miss uh, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Victoria. Uh, as Dave mentioned, we all uh, went to school together, Dave, Ryan, and I. Uh, we were in the same graduating class, uh, but Dave and I became really good friends because we did our internship together at Tufts Medical Center. Uh, Melissa was actually my professor at UMass Dartmouth, but we became really close at Tufts because we all worked together. Um, so I was at Tufts in the hematology lab for a couple years. I also did a part-time job as a uh, specialist in uh, New England Baptist. And I actually worked in all the labs there. So uh, I got my hands in all subjects. And then after three years of being in the lab, I joined Sysmix as a clinical application specialist. And I have recently transitioned to a clinical applications manager. Um, so I am managing a team of 13 in the Northeast region. Um, and uh, I just started that in October of last year. So learning that role and uh, excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have you both. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today is transitioning from the hospital setting into the business sector, uh, anywhere in the business sector. And I think it's good that we have you because I think, Ryan, you do something slightly different from what Victoria does in the business sector. Correct. Yeah. So, and I've done a couple of things within the medical device world. So uh, when I actually started working at Sysmex, I applied to, I think like two or three different roles there. Uh, one was technical assistance center, and then the other one was quality assurance. <clears throat> and I don't think I ever actually got an interview for the third one before I took a job in their quality assurance regulatory affairs. So that's where I started, and then I eventually moved over into marketing within the medical device industry. You think you found a home in marketing? Is this uh... only because of my specific role in marketing? Just because I get to travel the country, um, you know, on somebody else's dime, which I'm down for. Other people, it's a lot. You know what I mean? I live out of a suitcase, but I'm, that's fine for me right now. So there's a whole bunch of different roles within different departments within the medical device industry that can vary a lot but listen this kind of brings up like a i think kind of a pretty important topic for the private sector is a lot of these jobs kind of require traveling right um and i think uh you know some people might be starting a family or have a family and that makes that like really challenging um victoria in terms of like travel because i know you traveled a lot as a clinical application specialist did you find it to be i mean you were getting tired towards the end right i was yeah so i will say when we have people interview for a clinical application position we are very clear about all the travel that it requires we typically say it's about 80 percent 
Um, but what that means is 80% of that entire role. So you pretty much are on the road Monday through Friday. Um, you do support a local territory, but a lot of the times we're out doing implementations of our analyzers, and that could be requiring a flight or you know a long car ride where you are staying at a hotel throughout the week. Um, so I would say it's not for everybody, um, but if you're coming in prepared, uh, you know, mentally prepared to to travel that much, I, it can also be a great opportunity. Um, when I joined, I was, you know, in the right place in my life where I was excited to travel and see different parts of the country. There are parts of the country I would have never seen without this position. Um, and I've also met a lot of great people along the way. So there's definitely pros and cons to the amount of travel. Um, but towards the end of my role as an application specialist, I definitely was feeling, um, you know, a little burnt out at times. Um, I got married last year, so I was looking to maybe settle down, create more of a routine at home. Um, so the good thing with Sysmix is they have a lot of opportunities, a lot of growth. So I was able to interview for the manager position, which is still within the customer care applications role. Um, so I was able to uh, get that job and I'm, I'm not traveling definitely as much, um, but I still am going out to Chicago um, for certain meetings. And they do also ask that we travel with our direct reports as well. So I still am out there traveling um, which definitely kind of feeds my hunger of still wanting to get out of the house. So that, cause that is funny. Cause I, I've always known you Victoria as a traveler, right? Like you, you, you know, if I gave you an infinite bucket of money, you would go see the world, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it is different when you buy lots of work. fancy things. <laughs> um, so, right. So would you say that the, the downsides to the travel, um, do you see those two or is it really a lot of upside for you? Like it, it fits. Uh, for me personally, I yeah. think uh, it ebb and flow. Um, I used to work, you know, in quality assurance and I just had a desk job nine to five and that was kind of nice and learned a lot about different regulations within the device industry realm, right? Because it's a, it's similar to laboratory science, right? You're using that equipment, but it's a different set of regulations, Um than what generally what I'm used to, right? With cap stuff generally being my go-to, um, maybe FDA, depending if you're in blood bank or whatnot. But, um, and my role has changed within marketing a couple of times. Like I used to be uh, traveling all the time and then I was more remote. Uh, now I'm back to traveling again. I mean, Victoria has been doing a lot longer than I have. And I think hers is a little bit I think more rigorous than my travel. You know, I go for currently I do pre-sale uh, co-travels at the majority of my traveling um, to like go with sales, get voice of the customer feedback. Uh, there are some times where I'll go and do continuing education, you know, provide like an hour lecture, you know, maybe at an ASCLS meeting somewhere uh, for like a vendor sponsored booth. And then maybe they're a vendor sponsored speaker. So I get to do more fun things, I think, where she has to be in the lab all the time. Like, I love the lab. That's where I got here. But I kind of like only playing in there when I want to and then being able to leave. Hence why I kind of left the hospital sector to begin with, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something I'll add is Ryan's definitely supporting sales. So he may be meeting with different Sysmix associates, whether that's a health system account manager, whoever that may be. Where the, as an application specialist, you really are on the road alone. Um, although you are interacting with people in the lab, you know, once you leave the lab, you're on your own at your hotel or eating dinner alone, which is fine, definitely for some. Um, but it's just something, again, that you kind of have to mentally prepare. And honestly, it took me a bit of time just to get used to that. Hmm. So, so you guys have been uh, using words like, you know, I work in quality control, I work in marketing, or I'm a clinical application specialist. Can you actually describe like, what do you do in those roles? Because I think a lot of people think I want to go in the business sector, but and see these terms and they're like, I don't know what they are. I don't know if I should apply for them. So can you tell us like one, obviously what they are? And then two, I think Victoria's is going to be a little bit more straightforward, but uh, how your lab knowledge kind of helped you in these roles? Um, I can start. 
Yeah, so please. as a <laughs> clinical application specialist, we also you'll hear CAS out there as well, um, depending on the company. Um, so we do with that role, um, we do require three to five years experience ASCP certification. Um, but when you join the Sysmics team as a CAS, uh, the majority of your responsibility is implementations. So this is after the sale of the instrument, after the service engineer has installed the instrument, but we're going in and really optimizing and customizing that instrument for the customer. Um, so we're going through different settings, uh, instrument configuration. We're also going through workflow, key operator training. We're running uh, different studies such as reportable range and carryover. So we are still utilizing, you know, pipetting techniques, things like that. So your hands, are still getting dirty in the lab. Um, you're running samples such as CBCs or urinalysis samples, um, but you're working one-on-one -on -one with that customer to make them comfortable and confident in that analyzer. Um, in addition to implementations, we support you know, post-implementation. Uh, if you're not the primary of that account, you would help that customer through their go-live, so helping them with technical questions, um, sometimes you get brought in for some interface type questions. Um, the good thing with Sysmix is you have a lot of resources to help the customer up and through that go live. Um, we also have a middleware. Um, that's a separate team, uh, the CareSphere team, where we have CISs, informatics specialists, um, but they're part of some of the go lives as well. Um, but in addition to implementations, we also support our local customers. So each CIS does have a territory that they support. So they would work with their customers or the accounts that are assigned to them essentially. And they would be going in when they can to start asking questions. You know, sometimes we open up a can of worms because we wanna help that customer. You know, maybe they were implemented five years ago and they're looking for some efficiencies or, you know, rule updates, things like that. Um, and I think the customer care activities are really good for customer retention. Um, we're going out there and making sure that those customers, although they've been live for a long time, are still very important to us. So. Do you want to talk about maybe some of the other roles in customer care, since you're kind of a little bit more familiar with them than I am? Yeah, sure. So also in customer care, we have the service team. Um, so the service engineers can come from a background of engineering or we also have service engineers that do have the mls background um, which is awesome uh, lots of opportunities when you have an mls degree um, so the service engineers are i definitely call them more the boots on the ground um, they're interacting with our multiple customers a day sometimes um, but they're with our customers every day um, so not only do they perform the installation of uh, an analyzer that was just sold, but they are helping fix analyzer issues. So a customer identifies an issue or maybe their QC is running out, something like that, they would call into our technical assistance center. And then the local or primary, secondary, tertiary service engineer would be in that account, whether it's that day or next business day to help resolve those issues or escalate even further. Um, so on the service side, they do, there's a lot more service engineers to clinical application specialists. There's over 250 service engineers um, to about a little over 50 application specialists. Um, and that's just really due to all the accounts that we have. Um, so they do have a management system and they even have zone directors um, as well. So uh, it's a more robust team um, for sure, but they really are the boots on the ground and they help our customers day to day. Uh, we also have the health system account managers, which help manage an account, but they're also part of the sale of the instrument. So they're going in and identifying when um, an, a customer may be looking at a new analyzer or they may be looking at converting to Sysmix um, and they would be part of that pre-sale and then the sale, the contracts, things like that. Um, the service engineers and the application specialists and the HSAMs really do all work together to support our customers. It's definitely a cross-functional team. We try to, you know, communicate where where our help is needed um, or where we can help provide um, some assistance of, you know, maybe this analyzer has been uh, receiving a lot of calls recently. Maybe we need to look at um, 
what could benefit that customer, whether that's looking at a new instrument or something like that. Um, Victoria, is that an account manager? Would that be something an MLS could do? Yes, yes. Um, I would say I I would say the background of an HSAM is definitely a mixed bag. I, I don't know all of their backgrounds, uh, but I do know of some MLS degrees that are a health system account manager. We actually, I know one in particular, particular that was a CAS that went into that role. So yes, that is another opportunity. And, and these are essentially salespeople, right, Victoria? Essentially, yeah. I, I don't like to, to use the, you know, yeah. strictly sales because they are account managers. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, I do utilize them for other types of questions, but ultimately, yes, they are the sales rep. And I mean, there might be different. Air, finger air quotes, sales reps, <laughs> whatever you're doing over there, uh, in comparison to other industries too, right? Because then each uh, medical device company has their own culture, right? And they might have a little bit different, uh, you know, Victoria and I are pretty lucky at the place that we work. Um, I think it holds like a very high echelon and attitude, not just like, oh, you're that typical person, you know, they do a lot. Because they run, but I mean, Sysmic specifically, it's a med tech company for med tech companies. The right. CEO is a med tech. <laughs> so it's like, and within right. the entire company, mm -hmm. they hire med techs all the time because you know that product and then you learn whatever your subset, or maybe you also have an additional education or background, right? Because I mean, if you, the way I think of it sometimes is, have you ever worked in a hospital that had your LIS person not a previous med tech before? Have you? I'm trying to think. I, I don't, I think they all have. I think they, I know. I think they've all been, yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then when you have them have a, a med tech background, it's so much easier to work with them rather mm -hmm. than just an IT person who knows mm -hmm. IT, but then has to learn nursing type order sets or laboratory. Because if you know the operations of how that thing works, or at least some idea of the products, you can transition so much more of that domino effect of like what your day-to-day -day offerings are. Cause if you're just a, even if a warehouse worker, not even just a, right. Cause everybody's role helps the whole machine work together. But if you actually know in depth what each different piece kind of works on, then you're going to have a much better idea of like, Oh, the importance of these versus that, right. You can prioritize. I feel like it falls down a whole bunch of rabbit holes of different things. So mm -hmm. Having I, that med tech background, I think, can help in any type of role within a medical device industry company, essentially. Yeah, I think it helps the conversation as well. You know, our customers want to trust us and trust that we know our product and how it works. And I've seen the the HSAMs that I've worked with or even corporate account executives, whoever it may be, if they can kind of talk the talk, it makes the conversation a little bit easier and the customer may start to trust them a little bit more and it may ultimately help that sale. That's just the human aspect, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I do remember that. Yeah, that's it's important. Um, so Ryan, I think you didn't get to speak on your uh, your role a little bit more. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying listening to Victoria speak. She's a very do, good yeah. speaker. <laughs> um, that's going to be a hard act to follow. So I specifically now work in product marketing. And recently my job changed. So now I work in downstream product marketing. So the way... And every marketing place can be different, right? A lot of people think social media, right? So that's going to be more of like a marketing communications department. And again, it's, I think, Melissa, you started, what are these titles? What are these departments? Should I even apply? It's kind of hard. I've worked at, you know, many different hospitals uh, and many different companies. And then so everybody calls something different. Right. Just, I don't know, apply. Who cares? You know, figure it out. Uh, go to the interview. Once you get to the interview, you can be like, oh, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> like, And then, you know, you can uh, divert or make a different plan or something, or at least do it, get your foot in the door. And then once you kind of know what's going on there, you'll learn more like your knowledge expands out. Right. Just in going to school, you start with baby steps before you build up to, you know, what was that thing that Griffith used to teach? Microbiology, where everyone failed it? <laughs> Not everyone. <laughs> yeah, I barely passed. <laughs> Show it was up. rough. It was rough. That was yeah, but like, so rough. it like expands out, right? So I don't even know where I'm going with this. Anyway, I uh, 
downstream product marketing. So I focus more on, I think Victoria mentioned customer facing uh, interactions. And so, and then there's an upstream product marketing. We used to just have one whole thing. I was a product manager. Uh, so you owned that life cycle of that instrument, essentially. So you worked with finance to figure out what you're going to price it with. You're going to work with the um, supply chain to make sure that it has all the different components to build the piece together, just ship it out. Uh, you have to talk to you know, uh, your marketing communications people to figure out advertising and promotional stuff that you're going to do. You work with the technical sales team to figure out all the different components internally. Um, you know, the list goes on. You kind of branch out in a lot of different areas within the company because you're essentially you're just supposed to make that product successful. And everybody within the entire company ha somehow touched that product indirectly, maybe some more directly than others. Um, but <clears throat> so, yeah. Ryan, I do, do, you, do you have stuff. a a master's in business or do you have anything in business for this or just the MLS? Uh, I just have, for my degree, I just have the MLS. So I, when I left uh, Dartmouth, I went just to a regular staff level um, bench tech as a generalist, but I also did phlebotomy too. So I literally touched everywhere in the laboratory. Um, and then, so that's when I moved into a traveler role. And then I think having to learn different LISs, different equipments, right? You see a lot of the similarities and then some of the differences too. Uh, and then, you know, different lab protocols and all that. So I feel like I learned a ton about just lab operations, which then helped transition when I went into the industry, because then when I worked in quality assurance, it was more for um, quality complaints. So there's an avenue within the FDA federal regulations that dictates that, a, you know, a standard that you have to meet if you're going to be a medical device manufacturer in the United States that you monitor complaints. So that can be levels of just, hey, I don't like the way it looks, or it can be more involved or it caught fire, right? So like, there's a big range of scope of stuff. And then so the FDA will have different requirements about when you have to report to them for, you know, some sort of deviation in when your product design is. So kind of just similarly how in the lab, right, you had to generate a corrected report, you got to tell people that you, you corrected it, right? Whether you're calling into that floor or the doctor or whatever. Uh, and then you're also keeping that documentation for inspectors to come for when they, you know, do their audits. So uh, I learned a lot about the medical device regulations on the job within the company. And then I feel like that helped transition because then I eventually, once I was settled within the company, I got my foot in the door. I just really wanted to kind of get out of the lab. Uh, and that's why Victoria, you know, we were chatting and she brought me over here. And uh, once I was in there, I just looked at their job postings, you know, internally. And I was like, I think I would really like that one because it was more talking to people and, you know, traveling around. And that's because that's what I wanted. So I think in the industry world for medical laboratory science, you have high travel positions, but you also have not high travel positions. Um, but because generally the largest, you know, the larger ones that you're going to go to are generally global. They'll have some sort of presence of being interconnected. But in today's society, right, we can use uh, technology to communicate each other, right? I'm in North Carolina, nice, warm in the sun. You guys are cold as shit up there with Beanie Boy up there. <laughs> it's a bad day today, too. Yeah, Victoria's going to the grocery store to survive the winter attack. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> so. and milk and eggs. <laughs> um, I'll add to Ryan, uh, Melissa, you know, you asked, do you have a master's or, you know, more education? I can at least speak for Sysmix is it was almost like once you got your foot in the door, if you worked hard and you you had opportunities available to you um although he, like ryan he he came in at a certain position he got his knowledge built there and he was able to transition to a different department um for me you know i i still only have my mls degree but i'm in a management role um you know it didn't require further education i think once you you've gotten your foot in the door with certain companies um, at least for Sysmix, it almost feels like a, like a, a family, you know, um, if you're able to be a part of projects with where you're highly visible, um, and you're able to support not only your team, but external teams as well, I think that can help your development internally. 
I, I just think it's funny that you described Sysmex as a family company. That's that's like a really special thing because this is like, what's the market share for Sysmex? I mean, it's a how many zeros, right? Like it's a big company. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a big company with with a lot of um, family type of vibe to it. Yeah, that's nice. That's really it cool. Is. I think yeah. That's yeah, but that's definitely unique to yeah. Sysmex, I think, because mm-hmm. I've, you know, I'm, I don't know about you, Victoria. Have you talked to other people that worked at the other big device companies? You know, like, not that they're bad, but I just think that they're also so much larger than us, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we in Sysmex America specifically, isn't there like only a couple thousand, less mm-hmm. than 10,000, I would imagine. But then these other companies maybe have you know, 10,000 and just a quarter area of the state or something, you know, they're yeah, massive. It's funny Cause I feel like some of the companies, you know, I guess we could just say and name the names uh, like Siemens, Beckman, Coulter, they do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that Sysmex is like in a lane and they're just killing it in mm-hmm. that lane. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. And obviously they're branching into your analysis, but isn't that somewhat related to CBC analysis? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's also hard to tell too because I mean, um, just within <clears throat> industries, sometimes there's stuff called like uh, I think it's like OEM, so it's original equipment manufacturer. So sometimes companies will manufacture equipment and they'll ship it or sell it to somebody else, and then they'll real label it, rebrand it, and then Black sell it as their own. Right. <laughs> so for example, Sysmex makes coag analyzers right but we don't distribute it or market it in the united states Mm -hmm. um there's other you know again my knowledge is you know mostly on sysmic stuff it used to be more on a lot of other analyzers and companies but um you figure out more nuances too because i think there was uh in a year analysis specifically what is that arcray i think they essentially took our uf 1000 we had and it was not like they stole it it's a, a business decision they're like yeah sure here you can have this and then they incorporated it and then they used that as their own thing so on the outside it's still theirs and i think they slapped a, another piece of like a strip reader on it or something but so sometimes there's companies that all kind of have this blended uh, relationship with other companies too so you might as the end user, not really understand the the background behind specific equipment. Like you just see the one thing, maybe your tunnel of vision goes down a little bit, but it's an infinite tunnel, right? So it's like, you don't really know all the nuances that go into it until you eventually go down that path to figure it out, which sometimes is through industry business. You, you could, you know, I guess research in other areas and whatnot, but. So, both of you have spent time working in the clinical labs in the hospitals before you transition to the business sector. Do you think that's essential? Do you think that um, benefit to the jobs that you currently have or have had in, as you've been transitioning into the business sector? Do you think it's something that was absolutely necessary to have to benefit your current jobs in the business sector? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll speak for applications, uh, definitely 100%. Um, Not only is it required, uh, three to five years experience, ASCP certification, um, but it has tremendously helped me in that role and also in my management role as well. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you know, you're able to talk the talk. And I think that builds a lot of trust with the customer Um, when you're going into the lab and implementing a Sysmics analyzer or really any analyzer, when you have that. MLS background and also the the technical background. I was in hematology at Tufts, so I was able to speak more technically um, and as an experienced technologist towards the Sysmix analyzer. Um, so I think really it, it builds the trust between the CAS and the medical technologist that you're working with in the laboratory. Yeah, because I mean, they see the stuff shirt coming towards them, right? But then you start talking H and H and differential stuff, and then stuff shirt. Relax, what does right? that mean? <laughs> what is stuff shirt? The it's technical the... conversations as well. You know, um, the normal CBC that runs through. You know, that that's an easy one. But when you get these really abnormal patients that come through and things aren't making sense, uh, that rule of three is kind of thrown out the window. 
um, we're able to speak to that and how the analyzer is measuring the cells, our flow cytometry, um, how the stainer works, the, the cell division, you know, whatever it may be, we can speak to that on a higher level um, when we're working in the lab. So Ryan, a stuffed shirt is <laughs> <laughs> someone who doesn't know anything, right? So you might you might dress someone up nice and pretty to go in and speak to a customer to to sell the product and push the product, right? And I've always seen the technical team of whatever company it is, right? Because um, Sysmex uses the CIS, right? But the technical people, it's about demonstrating that knowledge, right? And you really do see the customer's posture change um, when they like you're one of them. That's what I mean to say. But stuff shirt isn't like because I tucked in my pants or no. my shirt into my pants. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> look presentable and professional. But but some people are just the shirt and I gotcha. gotcha, gotcha. You're more than just a suit, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite remarkable. You both just have your undergrad MLS. Um, well, I mean, I think work experience also and your specific desire, right? Because there's some people that are like, nah, I'm good right here. I don't want to move. <laughs> and that if you have a desire to transition to different things or pivot, you know, figure out, I don't really know still what I want to do when I grow up. So I just like keep going with the flow, switch jobs, you know, maybe don't make drastic changes. I kind of take baby steps. And when you take a little bit of a baby step in a job role or a change, you still take things with you from your last spot and you can apply it and kind of see how those dots connect. Cause I mean, when I went into uh, the industry, I went into quality assurance, which was like kind of easy because in the lab, right. When I was managing people and the chemistry department, I think it was chemistry before I went into Sysmex. Right, you're looking at all your different like peer group stuff and like uh, training competencies for your own people, and then looking at cap regulations and making sure that you comply to that stuff, and then like your billing and whatnot. So, once you start getting into upper level, even if you just went into the hospital sector, you're learning all these different things. Maybe, yeah, someone with a business degree really knows about the billing part or Medicaid, Medicare stuff, you know, but then maybe not so much about what each one of those tests is actually for right so i think anytime you build on that knowledge if you just kind of do it slowly through job experience and like just take a little bit of a step outside your role like you'll start to snowball and collect a whole bunch of different information that makes you more um desirable i guess in any type of industry or position you're going to go apply for so and something else i'll i'll add is you know, throughout my time at UMass Dartmouth and as a MLS or MedTech at Tufts and New England Baptist, it wasn't even just the technical piece that I learned. It was working with others. It was handling challenging conversations. You know, you are picking up the phone and calling doctors and nurses that probably won't like what you have to tell them. And it's just navigating those harder conversations. So it, it's the technical piece, but also the soft skills as well that you learn. Yeah, you're going to learn stuff if you want to or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it might be learned bad behaviors or learned good behaviors or anywhere in between, you know? So, because um, I feel, you know, Victoria specifically is a very, I like her a lot as a human, right? <laughs> so also that relays into her work ethic and all that. I met a lot of people in a lot of different labs across the country, some of them not so great humans. <laughs> so it's like, you know... Uh, I don't know. There's a a variety of paths you can go down with our degree. And I think there's a lot of paths you can go down with your own personal attitude too. Like that's a huge amount of what you bring to the table. Uh, Cause Victoria was talking about soft skills. Like if you're a hard jagged Norwinglander, it's harder to get around. than if you soften those edges a little bit, you are from Massachusetts, right? I so am, but I had to unlearn some things and not be <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> like, and like a lot of more doors will open up for you too, you know? So right. it's a little bit of a hippie thing, but I feel like it's a legit thing, you know? So if something works, I'll believe it, you know? <laughs> And and Ryan, can you can you speak to like working in the hospital? Does that help you in marketing? 
Yeah. Uh, again, I think you can pretty much look at anything from any different type of angle and spin it to what you need it to be. But without trying to spin anything, like any marketing uh, approach, I would say since my experience in the lab, I could say like, oh, I don't care about that. Why are you trying to market this aspect of something? No one gives a shit. <laughs> and so it's like, we're That's okay with that. That's such an important perspective <laughs> though, right? So I could be like, nobody cares about having to, you know, change a reagent, really. If I had to change, like, 15,000, yeah, I guess that's, you know, exorbitant. <laughs> but, like, um, but if you could make it so it auto-repeats it, because my lab, you know, we, the what if for whatever reason, the medical director wants to repeat that hemoglobin, even though it's critically low and it passed QC, but that's our policy, so we're going to do it. I would rather the instrument do it automatically while I'm over here reading a diff rather than having to come back and just like delay certain stuff. So there's little weird nuances that you can like kind of remember. And then when someone's like, here's the thing that or feature we're going to put on it. And this is how we're going to tell people it makes it better. My specific job is to kind of relay that. And again, how Dave, you were like, if you're not a stuffed shirt, you can be like, oh, this is how it helps you. And then, but you have to be real and be like oh we also have this thing it's not as good as what they have over there um but you know it's being truthful and transparent and i think that's where the aspect of what you bring as a person regardless of what your education or your work experience is is what's going to change right because if you have good own personal morals or ethics and whatnot that's somebody that i'm going to want to interact with more in a general sense regardless if it's a work sense or maybe if i want to take them out on a date you know so <laughs> like you only want to be around people that are like legit i feel right but, but building trust with the customer is really an important component right and i think the customer, but i think anybody right because even if it's your customer right if we're going to do the finger quotes now <laughs> so like is anybody you interact with right so yeah. it could be a co-worker right because a lot of my stuff is also educating sales reps about the products and why does it do it and what does it do and i help teach them about lab stuff too because they come and go to talk to customers sometimes like i don't understand why don't they know that it's fantastic i'm like well you know a lot more about it this is how you have to talk to them and like maybe ask questions about this and that um so there's different aspects sometimes or i don't know this different workflows within the company too that your customer isn't necessarily a lab tech anymore. It's individuals that you work with, just like in a hospital, right? So if you have nurses are your coworkers too, they're your customers, right? Your physicians are your customers, but also patients, right? And then your interaction with different areas within the hospital is going to change your experience entirely. Um, this is turning sometimes... into like a philosophical discussion. That's really important. <laughs> I think. No, seriously, I, I I really appreciate your perspective, and uh, and seeing how how your role, how you interact in Sysmex is really neat. Like that's nice. I like the. It's a cool job. As a side note, Dave used to work in the business sector too. Yes, I did. I did. Cool. Do what I did you do? That. What I uh, I worked for a company called Sabia. Okay, I heard of them, right? Don't they do company. like electric oh, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it was actually funny. Um, Victoria, you remember when I moved on to uh, overnights? Mm -hmm. So this is a tangent story. Hopefully, it's entertaining. I love stories. So, uh, so yeah, I was like working. I was working coag bench, and I'm working third shift, and I'm like dying. Uh, I was I was one of those people who like stood up late on a Saturday and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do overnights like it's a totally different like lifestyle than I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be. And you don't know till you till you try it. So I was miserable. And then it was like literally a phone call um, and I, I was staying late. So um, it was probably like nine or ten o'clock in the morning and I was I was covering uh, for something. And I'm not, so right now I'm on my like 10th or 11th hour, just exhausted. And someone calls looking for me and it's someone from outside of the hospital and they're a recruiter. So somehow someone dropped my name somewhere. Um, and then I ended up uh, um, running away from the overnights in the hospital <laughs> to be a technical, which sounds a lot like a CIS. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a technical specialist so yeah i did that for a year but the, the travel killed me it was um it was too much 
Mm -hmm. um, but I can get some of what Victoria is saying when, when I start, you know, dropping knowledge bombs. Here I am. I'm in an air quote mood today. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything gets air quotes. Everything's air quoted. <laughs> and if everything's air quoted, nothing's air quoted, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but when you demonstrate the, your experience that, that you, they're much more receptive. Sometimes cust customers I would notice would be really like walled off and, um, I don't necessarily have the personable uh, nature that Ryan might have. Um, what are you talking about? You're, you're great with you're, people. You're, yeah, well, I'm okay with people. But are I you a professor? You talk to people all the damn time. I know, but they have to talk. To, <laughs> like, they have to listen. They're my captives. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, it, I think it was when I started talking shop. That's when they, they uh, yeah. started to relax and we could connect a little bit more. Yeah. Well, when you say like industry or business sector, like that's that range is like infinite. You know what I mean? Because really a hospital is still a business, right? You still have to make Absolutely. profit and actually... look at your own, uh, you know, budgets about buying equipment or should yep. I get a new employee or do we have to, you know, change out a reagent that's going to change our test menu and all this other shit, you know? Yeah. And I think that is, it's a good point to bring up too, is that a lot of times we, I think we, talk about the hospital work through a lens of like um uh service um what, uh, what you know service like it feels like you're working for the government in a sense like it does feel like um the man yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all working for the man. We all get paid fucking taxes. Yeah, no, no, it's true. It, it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me to kind of qualify it, but it, it does feel like you're sacrificing, or, or to some degree. Um, okay. Um, I don't know how else to characterize it, but you're right. These are at the end of the day, they're private institutions with a bottom line. Um, well, I think oh, so when you say yeah, we usually ahead, call them like we work in the clinical lab, we work in the hospital lab versus industry. So that's usually how it's discussed yeah. when we talk about it in the lab world. It's you're either in the hospital world or you're in the business sector or industry. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It is all industry in a way. So mm -hmm. Dave, were you saying like service, meaning like you are doing an act of service, right? The greater good. Giving Sci out. Sort of. Yeah. No, okay. not yeah to I like, would say. No, like no, no. It's a halo <laughs> around my head, right? Uh, no, art, <laughs> love of hematology. Uh, I think but, yeah. that's legit. No, I feel like you'd kind of feel that way because that was part of being in the hospital, right? I mean, working overnights. Who wants to work? overnight that's not normal you know strippers yeah. maybe but yeah. <laughs> like a person in the medical field so you know you're sacrificing time off you know weekends holidays so yeah and you're helping save people's lives i think yeah definitely hopefully right? um, yeah. yeah but there's many facets because then it's also that's based on your perception right that's also what's going to make 100%. you a better lab tech or just anything that's helping out somebody else because you are longer have put their needs ahead of yours right even though it may be indirect you're not throwing yourself in front of traffic or something for them but yeah um you, I would you say, touched yeah. on something it, it is a narrative that we tell <laughs> ourselves too right and it helps us be better and well i think that's a narrative not just as a med tech but if you're a person that wants to do that and therefore i think there's probably more occupations yes that maybe have that interaction with a someone's care better right so maybe they're social worker even right you know um they help people and that's not maybe someone that's directly involved in their health care or something right i think you know when when i was in school probably all remember this going to the private sector or the vendor side, it was called the dark side, right? And I think really? here <laughs> yep. is you're getting further away from the patient. You know, we're not directly interacting with the patient. We are running their samples. However, it is directly connected to their care. But I'd like to just say working for Sysmics or working for a different type of vendor, you are still ultimately helping the patient. The patient is still the number one priority. Um, as a CAS, you know, I'm still working with those samples, helping them get that analyzer up and running into, you know, an efficient spot where the turnaround time is going to be best. And the the customer, I'll use air quotes, meaning patient, <laughs> is still getting the best care. <laughs> we can't see your air quotes. So yeah. that's, thank you for making sure we know. <laughs> 
So I think that was something that was kind of seen as you're getting further away from the patient, but we are still heavily involved with different parts of the patient care. But to piggyback off of that, don't you feel like that's also, again, your attitude that you bring to it? Because there's been, you know, somebody who knows that you indirectly affect somebody's life and you care about that. Or there's, you know, some lab techs that I've seen in the lab, they're like, ah, I don't care. It's close enough. And you're like, oh, my God, like you are so much closer <laughs> to that patient. So there's a, a, a variety of uh of attitude. So I think as long as you have that culture or that mindset or that ethic, you'll still keep that in mind, you know? Yeah. And something, you know, we learned at UMass Dartmouth is ethics. You know, we take an ethics class. So you hope that, you know, people show empathy and are able to you care, you know, you, you can't train everybody, um, but you you can at least do your best and hope that when they join the lab that they are really putting out the best work that they can. Yeah. So can the two of you speak to the difference of the work-life balance between working in the hospital setting and working in the business sector? Hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean all these are all going to be specific to our own personalities and job right because it yeah i feel like victoria's uh, mm was just like, like <laughs> right? it's it's very different um i think with the lab it was definitely more of a nine to five punching in punching out meaning you punch in, you do your work for your, let's just say eight hours and you leave whatever outstanding work there is for the next person. That doesn't involve, you know, projects or whatever that may be, but the care of the patient is in the the next best hands. With applications, it's, it's a salaried position. Um, the idea is that you're putting in your 40 hours, but at least for me, I was definitely putting in a bit more. Um, it's not so much that punch in, punch out. You do have uh, lingering tasks. Um, you have emails that you're responding to. You have projects from the week you're in, the previous week, the upcoming week. Um, there's a lot more to juggle, I'll say. Um, you you get a laptop and really you're kind of glued to that laptop, whether it's emails, the you know, correlation reports, whatever it may be. Um, so the work-life balance is different, but it really comes down to how you want to organize that and structure that. Work-life balance is very important within Sysmics. Um, we do want to make sure that people aren't getting burnt out, that they do still feel that balance. Um, thankfully, you know, within applications, and I think with other departments, we do have a lot of resources that can help. Um, we have technical specialists available, different support systems that can help with different workloads. Um, but it is very, very different. I will say uh, it feels a little bit more you're you're on the clock more um, with that particular position. What do you think, Ryan? So I have a variety of opinions, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with uh, everything Victoria said and, you know, me and her friends. So she tells me about her frustrations I tell her about mine uh I used to feel absolutely drained out of the life out of me when I worked in the hospital I felt so um <clears throat> I worked like you Dave third shifts for a while I've worked you know variety of different locations and I was a traveler so sometimes I would say when I first was working I had no life because you had I was working third shift and then you know doubles and people had call off and stuff um the the short staffness I feel like was already started right when we got out of school depending on which facility you went to so I went to like more of a rural place in Pennsylvania right I feel like all I did was work for two years like I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like oh the timer for you know the platelet clumper <laughs> I just feel like oh wait no I'm home <laughs> and then I go back to sleep um so I literally you know breathed and slept medtech and it just wasn't cool so then I went to traveling and I felt like that gave me a little bit more slack because then you know I wasn't as tied to like that in specific specific hospital I could take extra shifts if I wanted to you know I could pick and choose but I was open to going anywhere so if the place 
you know, was not for me, I'd be like, bye, and go to somewhere else, right? And you had more options. Um, but then when I moved into managerial positions within the lab, and then specifically I was working in Chicago, and I had this, you know, human side, like shit going on in my own life, but then an hour to sometimes two and a half hours, three hour commute to get into the city of Chicago, because I lived a little bit further out in the suburbs. Um, and then, so I took there's different roles between there and there, but essentially that was the breaking point for me because, uh, you know, just a lot of time driving in traffic, which I hated. And I didn't think there could be worse traffic than Boston, but there is, and it's in Chicago and never go there and drive, take the damn train if you can. Um, but, uh, I was managing chemistry department. They call this like coordinators instead of supervisors or, um, I don't know, whatever. So uh, I just, there's all three shifts. They, it was, my position was the uh, professor of the dark arts, Harry Potter shit, essentially, because every person who took that job only stayed for a year and then they bounced out for like four years. So like, we're just like, oh, this is a shit show. I'm out. <laughs> like, here I, I love am. that analogy. <laughs> I was going to say, Melissa that, is dying right now. That's what they told me. They're like, oh, you like, because there was other texts that were our age, right? like we started seeing more not just all the old farts right and uh <laughs> so uh they're like oh you got the professor of the dark arts position and i was like oh no uh, and i was like it's not gonna be me i'm gonna break the curse i only stayed here <laughs> but i put in so much work in that facility right there was tons of shit going on that um needed to be corrected and because of that personal ethics i wasn't willing to let it slide so i essentially worked all three shifts for a year you know 16 hour days sometimes uh and then my stuff would branch out because just because you're in one discipline everything is connected to one another right so working with different uh nursing floors or physicians and then branching out into other areas within the lab helping them you know figure out their stuff too uh and then phlebotomy right like and then your circle just keeps growing and growing because if you're willing to help somebody they're willing to help you and then you create this like network of different people that you know oh if i have a question about that i can rely on so and so to help me get that issue out um so there was just a lot of stuff so then when i moved into sysmex i feel like i've been talking forever i apologize <laughs> Um, we got we sought you guys out specifically to to give this insight. I think it's okay. Um, but I worked a desk job more so. So it was a nine to five white collar. You know, you could take PTO whenever you wanted. Um, you had weekends off. You had holidays off. You had like extra holidays. I was like, what even is this holiday? Like, <laughs> but um, so my life changed drastically. I actually could be a human again. Um to have a separate, you know, personal life and whatnot. Um, but then I changed roles after a while because then I kind of wanted more excitement. So, cause then I was like too far, no work, you know, and then I had like too much life and then my life was boring and I hated it. <laughs> so then I wanted to do something to spice it up. <laughs> so I moved into different spots based on what you uh, kind of are feeling. And then I would similar uh say what victoria was mentioning um everyone's their own experience but it is you're not ever fully not working um but it doesn't feel like work all the time because mm -hmm. i would say like there are times where like yes this is my window of time where i need to be having meetings or you know going traveling somewhere or, you know doing whatever projects you know you still read stuff and write stuff right english and literature was an important class in college <laughs> even though you're like i just do science um but uh but you know it doesn't feel at least for me and because i kind of had to figure out my spot you know uh i feel like it's really good balance for me because then if i can sit there and answer a text message for victoria i can also answer an email about like hey you know this thing on the medical device what does this do you know like what is that <clears throat> hemoglobin measurement something or other and it's like oh cool i just you know i don't mind talking med tech crap that's what we're doing right now right so it's like if you find that spot where i think it's the right balance then it doesn't feel as bad um, i did not yeah. expect that answer <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's up to how the person works in the work-life balance as well. Uh, you know, when you when you think about being away from home and you're traveling, you almost feel like you're away from your home, but it's creating the life piece of the travel. You know, that's maybe go if you go to an interesting place, maybe check out a park or a monument or whatever it may be, have a nice dinner. Um, where it within applications or a traveling type of position you're very independent, but it's fitting in that life piece in the way that you think would work best for you for it to work. So, yeah. And it's like, it's like fluid, right? Cause like how you were saying, this is my work life. This is my away from work life. You know, it changes Mm -hmm. your mindset entirely. I feel. Definitely. Cause that balance isn't so rigid. Like where it's like, it's the weekend. Now it's the work week. Right. It's always kind of like, cause there could be times where she's, or any of us are working ton amount of hours and then maybe a different time of the year it kind of slows down. I mean, it's just okay. like in the hospital, right? You have peaks of people getting sick, flus and all that stuff. And then it tapers down and maybe, you know, you have time to do some extra projects within the lab or something like that. But yeah, there's... it definitely fluctuates depending on the quarter, um, you know, capturing certain types of revenue, things like that. Um, but it's it's definitely kind of a roller coaster throughout the year, but I think we do try our best for that work life balance. Um, but ultimately, the the person needs to figure out what works for them as well. Yeah, because that work life balance isn't the same for everybody. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's the way that I think about like the work life balance. Oh, where there's just two arms, right? Two balances. It's there's like Shiva, right? Where you got all types of things that you're balancing. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> You know, um, so it's not that black and white, you know, so there's all these shades that make it difficult. But then that's that person, right? Because I feel like it had a, my mind broke, like when I had to start traveling and Victoria's just like, oh, yeah, you just do here and you go up and you wake up in a new place and you go over here. And and it's like, that's not normal. Like, (laughs) you're supposed to go home at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely something at least I had to get used to. Um, you know, even go, getting down to packing, you know, when I first started, it took me honestly almost an hour to get everything all packed up. And then eventually you get your outfits and you're packed in 15 minutes. So it's just learning what this new position may be and how you can have it fit in your life. Because I'd like to say you took the position because you're excited for most of the aspects of it. But knowing that if you're coming from the lab to a position with a you know, that involves traveling, you know, that you're going to have to adjust. So. But I think that's just a good life skill too, you know, mm-hmm. like you're willing to adapt to changes that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's, you know, again, if we, this is med tech stuff, right. Bring it back to the lab, your water uh, purifier or whatever broke. Some people are like, yeah. and they scream and run around. And then someone's like, calm down, shut off the water hose valve. Like we'll figure it out. You know? So I think, Sometimes, even though you think, oh, I'm adaptable, you're adaptable in your space. And then until your space keeps growing, mm-hmm. you don't realize like how much more mm-hmm. you can tweak things. Be like, oh, well, maybe I won't react like this for that or or whatnot. I, I love when you said, uh, um, when you were answering your imaginary technical question, right? Mm. That it didn't doesn't feel like work. So yeah. that's like a huge component of things, right? Like if the work you're doing doesn't feel like work, well, work-life balance gets much, much like fav- more favorable, right? Like, well, it gets blended too. Like it's a little bit more vague because like when is work or when is not, right? Mm-hmm. A cloudiness of where, you know, it seems clear, but maybe that's just clear because you're used to it, um, you know? Yeah, if you love what you do. Yeah. What's the saying? If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So can the can the two of you kind of um give us uh your exit opinion of what things people should know if they're considering moving into industry in the private sector? What things should they be aware of? What things should they think about? Obviously travel is a big one, but what else do you think they should be thinking about if they're thinking of leaving the hospital setting and going into industry? Do you want to go first, Victoria? Sure. Um, I cool, mean, I'm not looking, ready yet. 
the big one, at least for applications, is the travel component. Um, at least for that role within Sysmix, like I mentioned, it's about 80% travel. Um, we're very clear with what the responsibilities and what the expectations are for that role during an interview process. Um, but adjusting that piece of your life is definitely one of the biggest ones. Um, but also understanding that when you join as a, a, like a technical specialist, I, I would say don't fear that you are stepping too far away from the patient. You know, you are still heavily involved uh, with patient care. You're still in the laboratory. You know, if your passion is lab work, but you want to entertain different avenues or different opportunities, it might be a good fit for you because you still are heavily involved in the lab with technical special, oh, excuse me, uh, medical technologists, things like that. Um, I think something that the lab teaches you is working with different departments, different personalities, and you're going to see that wherever you go. Um, so being able to work well with others, um, something that works for a company is working cross-functionally with different departments to support ultimately, you know, the customer, uh, which would be the, the lab, but again, ultimately the patient, um, but really just being adaptable as well. Um, as I mentioned, soft skills. I think we learn a lot of soft skills as well. Um, trying to think. What I think else? the other thing that you mentioned earlier, Victoria, was independence. You have mm -hmm. to really be able to work independently and get your stuff done on your time and make sure you hit your deadlines without someone saying, hey, did you do this yet? Yeah, Don't forget about your turnaround time. I mean, I show up to work, I look at that piece of paper, I see them on this bench at this time, and then I'm on this bench at this time, right? You don't yeah. have Yeah, you really, you are a very independent person. Um, really, it comes down to getting your projects done, meeting your, you almost have to create your own deadlines um, for yourself that you have to meet. I mean, a customer may email you and, and ask for a report that may be pending, but ultimately you have to set those timelines. But you're independent even down to booking your own travel, um, setting up meetings with the customer, um, things like that. So, yes, you definitely are more of an independent contributor. You are part of a team, um, but really you're responsible for yourself and getting your work done. All right, Ryan, spotlight's on you. Can you say the question again? Because I feel um, I don't remember. Victoria gave a great response. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, th so the question was, what sort of things should people think about before they switch to industry in the business sector from the hospital setting? All right. So obviously everything that Victoria said, um, but plus leaving the hospital and should going to the personal sector. I would say don't be afraid to take a chance. Um, things aren't as uh, ultimate as you might think they are going to be. I think also that's maybe just our generational aspect of certain jobs. At least I've been told because I had so many different jobs, um, you know, moved around so much to like, oh, your generation doesn't value like loyalty and this and that. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> I think I was a good person. I did my job, did it well. But like, if something's not fitting for you, it's okay to make a change, right? It's not quitting in the sense of like, uh, you're not good enough for it. It's, I think, deciding this isn't for me. However, you gotta feel the, you know, growing pains for a little bit just to make sure like, did, once you settle into it, okay, now let me reflect, is this for me or not? Um, because I mean, I moved in within the laboratory field and a couple of different options, right? Still closer within the lab, staff level, supervisory level, and traveling. Um, but then going into the industry, I still had to do the same thing. Like just because where you landed doesn't mean that's where you have to stay or you don't have to stay within a certain circle. You know, you could branch out more significantly, try that out for a little bit, hang out there, maybe still uh, move around within that new pool and find what works for you. But um, there's just so many different nuances of something and your own personality changes as you grow, right? Forever until you're dead, essentially. And uh, what once might fit you might not fit you anymore, right? Uh, 
like a stuffed shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good man. You're good at this. You're a natural podcaster, I think. Really? I, this is my I, first one. You, you just like popped my cherry. You tied it back. <laughs> I'd like to also add, um, never forget to do your own research. You know, culture is a big thing. Mm, you want to make yeah. sure that you're joining a company that you'll work well with the culture. So for example, Sysmix is a Japanese company. So maybe understanding Japanese culture. Um also, if you're interested in a particular company and you see the service engineer in the lab or someone supporting that company, you know, talk to them, ask them, you know, what do you do? How do you like it? How do you like the culture? What's your work-life balance like? You know, it's okay to ask questions. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's that's great advice because how often do we see service people? I guess mm -hmm. it depends on your lab, but yeah. usually a lot we see service people. And so we can just say, hey, you know, how do you like your company? What do you think? Is this a good note? So I think that's great advice to kind of feel out if that company or that type of position is something for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just do what I did. And Victoria was like, come work here. And I just applied for every position. <laughs> I said, just whichever one got me in there, got me in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's that's good too because you kind of you apply for a bunch of them and then you saw what you got and you were like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah, and I think. But I mean, like to Victoria's point, she was already in the company for a while, yeah. and she's like, honestly, it's they're good to us, you know. Yeah. So because I mean, there's definitely some hospitals where they're just like, we are totally abused, you know, we're forgotten stepchildren, <laughs> like uh, we haven't been fed in months, like <laughs> <laughs> so, like. <laughs> um. But not all hospitals are the same, you know, because then there's other ones like, oh, they have an interactive lab week. Maybe they do get uh, fresh graduates and stuff like that. So they're a little bit more happy and they have fresh blood, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So thank you both, Ryan and Victoria, for joining us. This was really beneficial. I think our listeners will get a lot out of thinking about industry maybe this will spark their interest and if anybody is interested uh, we are going to give you their linkedin information if you'd like to reach out and ask any sort of questions they're they're open to that so thank you both very much and everybody else thanks for listening thanks for your time thanks See for you. having me yeah Bye. this is fun if you enjoyed listening to the podcast please subscribe to receive notifications for future episodes and if you have any ideas or suggestions for content or questions, please email us or reach out to us on social media.